Thank you, and good morning to all of you. It's nice to see so many of you in the room this morning. It's great that those of you who are not in the room are joining us this morning through the live stream or catching us later on. How you doing? Based on the sounds of your worship, I could already tell you were doing great. All right. Well, we are starting a new series, as Pastor Jimmy just said. It is called Stand Firm, and we're going to be taking some time each of the next few Sunday mornings to look at people from Scripture and history who excelled in persevering. In times like these, it seems like a very appropriate series, a good thing to do. Um, I wanted to point to you uh, a link that you can go to if you would like to get these slides now to follow along or later. Um, There's some good questions in here. I'm hoping you'll want to go back to later this week. You can go to bit.ly slash Daniel for that. And it's on the footer of all the slides in case you pull out a device later and you want to grab that. Sound good? All right. Here we go. Why in the world are we going to talk about Daniel as the kickoff to the Stand Firm series? Well, I think Daniel experienced all of the following things, and you might feel familiar with some of them. Uncertainty. Like, what in the world is this life going to look like now that it's changed? How long is it going to last? Daniel felt that way. Not able to see friends and family. Can't go to church. People in charge that he did not agree with. Don't raise your hands. It's all right. (laughs) Tough times that just seem to drag on and on. Faced with life-threatening and fearful situations. Daniel experienced all that stuff. And I bet you identified with at least a couple of those uh, this morning. Wink at me if you did. Raise an eyebrow if you can't wink. All right, all right, yes, I'm seeing it sitting home. So we want to look at how Daniel handles himself, him and his friends, through circumstances like these. We want to draw from that example. Daniel's just one of those guys in the Bible who's like a shining golden example of how to live a godly life, how to be faithful to our God and bring glory to him. So we're going to look at how he handled things. I want to read you a quote from a book about Daniel Uh, The book is called Hope in the Midst of a Hostile World by George Schwab. And he said this, Daniel is a book for confused sufferers who need perspective. This characterized the Jews in exile, and it characterizes modern-day readers who read Daniel for hope and comfort when the world seems to crumble and fall around them. So if you're feeling confused or like the world is crumbling around you a little bit today or in recent weeks, Hopefully, Daniel brings you comfort, brings you hope, and gives you a strategy for how to live a life in times like these as a follower of Christ. Sound good? All right. Warm up your feedback muscles, because now is the time when I call upon you. What do you remember? Okay, hold on. Before I ask the question, under 12 only here in the, class, in the classroom, I mean the, the sanctuary, if you're under, let's make it 13 and under. I saw a 13-year-old nearby. If you're 13 and under, this question's for you first. Then we'll ask the adults to help us a little bit later. There's a couple. What do you remember about Daniel from the Bible? Any young ones remember anything about Daniel? Parents shout it out if the kids say something. He remembers a lion. Very good, Lucas. Daniel's the guy who got thrown in the lion's den. And survived it. That's a good part. Anything else? Esther, do you remember anything about Daniel? (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot, sweetheart. (laughs) 
Lion's Den. Very good, very good. Any, uh, any older kiddos? Yes, there's this mysterious hand that writes on the wall. Okay, let's open it up to the older kids in the room. Ages zero through infinity, what else do you remember about Daniel and his buddies? That's a clue, his buddies. He wouldn't bow to a false god. Yeah, he wouldn't bow to a false god. Three dudes wouldn't bow, right? Do you remember those three guys? Rack, Shack, and Benny, if you're a VeggieTales fan. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's good. Anything else? Wheels and wheels. Wheels and wheels. Visions, dreams that are too complicated for this guy to explain to you on a Sunday morning. We're going to stick to the first six chapters, but thank you, Peter. (laughs) He was dedicated. Very true. Very good. He was a dedicated guy. Fiery furnace? Fiery furnace. Yes. A very pure diet. Yes, we will touch on that. Very good. All right, you guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you for participating so well. Yes, give yourselves a round of applause. Hopefully, I don't have my phone. That would be maybe inappropriate and distracting. I don't have my phone to see the live stream comments, but I'm sure you guys were participating from home. If not, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Things you remember about Daniel. Of course, you're going to be able to cheat in a second because I'm putting a timeline on the slide. So you're welcome. You're welcome. This is an open book test. So I like charts. I'm an engineer, you guys. You know this about me. It's been a little while since I preached, but you know this, right? A good table. I'd put Excel on that thing if I could. (laughs) Nobody teach me how because you'd be bored to death. Okay, here's a timeline for you. Daniel and his buddies are Jewish nobility. They live in Jerusalem, the kingdom of Judah. The year is 605 B.C., And this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, is the king of Babylon. He's conquering the world, and he comes and besieges Jerusalem. And he says, give me all the best and the brightest of the young people. I'm bringing them back to Babylon, and I'm going to put them in this training program. They're going to spend three years learning the language and the literature of the Babylonians. We're going to train them up real good. We're going to brainwash them, if you will. And then they're going to serve me as advisors, as administrators in my government. Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are part of that exile. As they begin their three-year training program, the vegetables come up, right? <laughs> Different than the vegetables. They are given the king's food to eat as they begin their training program. And uh, they say, you know what? We don't want to defile ourselves. It's against our religious rules to eat this stuff. Why don't you just let us eat veggies and drink water? And the leader of the program is like, the king will have my head if you look scrawny and weak. No way. They say, just try us out for 10 days, all right? If we look good and strong 10 days from now, then let it, let it roll. And so they do. They do well. And they get to not defile themselves with the king's food. Somewhere in the middle of this training program, Nebuchadnezzar has a crazy dream. And he has a brilliant idea. I mean, I can't believe I didn't think of this. He's like, all my wise men in the kingdom, and I have a lot because my kingdom's big. I want you to interpret my dream. No, 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 no. I'm not going to tell you what I dreamed. You need to tell me what it is and what it means. By the way, you're all going to die if you can't pull it off. I know. I felt bad putting Esther on the spot. Imagine putting these guys on the spot. Like, their life is on the line. Okay. So Daniel's like, dude, give me a day. Give me a day, please, king. And he calls an all-night prayer meeting. Him and his three buds pray. God gives them the interpretation. He brings it to the king the next day. The king is amazed. No one else could do it. 
Daniel gives glory to God. You're, you're right, king. No man could do this, but only God who reveals dreams could do it. And here's the interpretation. Daniel's promoted to a really high position. And he says, hey, I got these three buddies, O king. Can you give them a spot? Can you look out for my boys? And the king does. The three get to uh, be administrators in the province of Babylon. All is going well. There's about a 20-year gap. It's just maybe a page or two in the Bible, but it's a 20-year gap until the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar has another brilliant idea. Not brilliant. He builds a statue. He says, you're all going to worship it. You're all going to bow down when the music plays, and the music will be good. And then Rakshak and Benny say, we're not going to bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say they're not going to bow to the statue. He throws them in the fiery furnace, and then he looks in the window of the furnace, whatever that looked like, and he sees four, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods, probably an angel of the Lord, possibly Jesus. Depends on what book you read. We're not getting into that, people. Why'd you ask? At any rate, the three are unharmed. Not even their clothes or their hair is singed, and they're great. The king is amazed. He gives glory to their God, and he promotes them. A couple of years later, the king has another crazy dream. Do you guys have crazy dreams? I don't have dreams like these. So if you have good ones, maybe share afterwards. Um, this one is crazy too. He needs an interpretation. Daniel's the man. He delivers it again. This is a good, what is that, 20, 22 years after the first interpretation, he, he delivers another one. Oh, king, I wish this dream was about your enemies because it's bad news. If only it were about your adversaries and he interprets it. Then we've got like a 40-year gap before the handwriting on the wall that we talked about. There's a new king in town. Belshazzar's been reigning for about 15 years. Now it's 539 BC. The king, this new king, Belshazzar, what a name, right? Belshazzar. Don't call me Belshazzar, please. I know you're tempted. She was. I saw the look in her eye. Trust me. Okay, Belshazzar is king. He's having a party with his buds. And he goes, I know The best gold there is, is the stuff we took from God's temple in Jerusalem. Let's party and drink out of that. And let's worship the gods of gold and silver. The real God sends handwriting on the wall that's like, dude, you're in trouble. But he can't read it. So Daniel comes back from the shadows. It's been so long since Daniel interpreted the gene for Nebuchadnezzar, easy for me to say, that he's been forgotten. Belshazzar doesn't even remember who Daniel is, but the queen remembers Some books think it was like the queen mother, like his mom or his grandma, who's like, hey, Nebuchadnezzar had a guy, and you should look him up. He does. Daniel says, oh, man, this is bad news for you too, bro. You're going to die. Your kingdom's taken from you. It happens that night, and we got a new king in town, Darius the Mede. The Mede? I don't know how you say it. Thank you. The Mede. And uh, Darius is like, Daniel is the man, gives him a lot of favor, People get jealous. They set a trap. Anybody who prays is going to get thrown in the lion's den. The kids knew this. Good job, kiddos. He gets thrown in the lion's den. He's unharmed the next morning. Darius is like, dude, that was a trap. You guys are bad for doing that. You go in the lion's den and those guys get eaten. So that covers like 66 years of Daniel's life. I don't know about you, but until I kind of laid it out on paper like this, it's like one page away. It kind of seems like rapid succession. Like, dude, fiery furnace, then the dream, then the other dream, and then the lion's den. But there's this long gap. 66 years Daniel spent in exile in a foreign land. All right, I need to move on for the sake of time. But that was fun. Good summary. Thanks for your help. I appreciate it. 
All right, if I was going to give this title, we've finally gotten to the title of the sermon. It's going to be a long morning, you guys. I'm just kidding. It won't be that long, I promise. If I were going to give a good Sunday morning sermon title today, today's talk, it would be this, Stand Firm, How to Persevere in Exile from the Life of Daniel. But you know me by now. I like to have more fun than that. So if I were to do sermon title, take two, go a little something like this. Stand firm. Four friends who are faithful followers firmly stand, fervently pray, and find favor in a foreign land. It's better, right? I thought so. Those are six fantastic Fs. And that's what we're going to use as the structure for our sermon this morning. Four fantastic Fs. Hit me with your favorite F word. Not that one. I'm thinking like fancy, fantastic. Family. That's a good one. Very wholesome. What were you guys laughing about for Pete's sake? Okay, moving on. You guys get it off the rails so quickly. Four friends. Daniel has these three friends, right, who go into the training program together. And I just want to highlight a couple of things about their friendships that we can draw from as we live in times like these, tough times like Daniel. You might feel like you've been in exile, exiled to your home for months. I'm glad to see you back in the room, by the way. Thank you. Agree. Agree. Happy to be here. All right. So Daniel and his friends, these are friends who excel together. These guys came out of their three-year training program, having spurred one another on to excellence. The Bible says they were ten times better than the rest of the dudes in the training program. That's pretty doggone good. These are friends who pray together. Remember, they're going to die with all the other wise guys in the kingdom. But they pray, and God answers their prayer, and they get the interpretation of the dream. Friends who pray together. These are friends who look out for each other. Remember we said Daniel gets promoted, and he brings his boys along with him. Hey, Nebi, can my guys have a spot in the kingdom too? Friends who look out for each other. Friends who share the same faith. These guys were cut from the same cloth. They worshiped the same God. They encouraged each other in their faith. All right, so as we go through our six Fs, I'm going to highlight a few things like that. Then I'm going to give you some questions to reflect upon. So I'm going to pause when I do that. Think about your friendships. In your friendships, do you encourage each other to excel? Do you support each other in tough times? Do you share prosperity or just look out for number one? Do you share the same faith? I put an asterisk by that one. I'm not trying to say that all your friends should be Christian by any means. Otherwise, how will anyone hear the good news who doesn't already know it? But what I do mean is you need a core of people around you who are going to encourage you in your faith. You need that tight inner circle. We're cut from the same cloth. Good questions, right? That's why you need that bit.ly link so you can look them up later as you reflect on the message this week. All right, just a little self-promotion, that's all. Okay, four friends. Back to movie trailer voice. Four friends who are faithful followers. All right, the faithfulness of Daniel is something that strikes me when I read the book of Daniel, you guys. 66 years in exile. 
This man is so faithful to his God. It's amazing. He serves under several different kings in different kingdoms. And it's the same old Daniel in every story that we read. Remember the timeline? They're all spread out, but it's the same old Daniel. He's praying. He's working hard. He's being super kind and honoring to these foreign kings. So as we reflect on that, that shows how they're spread out. I always forget that slide's in there. My bad. As we reflect on the questions, is your faithfulness standing the test of time? Is your faithfulness standing the test of time? If you're getting a little older, you've got some more years to evaluate. Some more opportunity for your faithfulness to have stood the test of time already. If you're young, you've got a lot to look forward to, right? Will your faithfulness stand the test of time? Will you be ready for the next big thing, even if it doesn't come for many years? What was going on with Daniel between Nebuchadnezzar's second dream and 40 years later when Belshazzar kind of calls him back out from the shadows? What was going on? What was he up to? I don't know, but he was ready for the next big thing. One thing I'd call Daniel is he's a mouthpiece to kings on behalf of his God. Again and again, he has these kind of like divine appointments that are a really big deal where he's in the king's quarters and no one else can speak to the situation but him. And he's ready for it. Will you be ready for the next big thing? even if it doesn't come for many years. All right, one more F. No, there's more than one more F, but this is the next F. Four friends who are faithful followers firmly stand. So these guys stand up for their faith and for their God. The biggest examples is when they won't eat the king's food, when they're thrown in the fiery furnace and the lion's den. Those are the highlights you probably already knew about if you're familiar with the book of Daniel. The interesting thing I wanted to draw your attention to in this thing about standing firm is how they picked their battles. Isn't it interesting which battles they picked and more interesting which battles they didn't? Let me give you an example. Hey, you've just been conquered. I'm going to bring you back to my city and teach you my language, my books, feed you my food, and you're going to live here for 66 years. But somehow that wasn't a battle they picked. I besieged your city. Later we went back and destroyed your temple, aka knocked your church to the ground. Somehow they still served that king who did that. And Daniel was ridiculously honoring to his oppressor king. <laughs> ridiculously. That second dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, king. I wish this interpretation was for your adversaries and not for you. That's the attitude of Daniel. Very interesting. I would have been tempted to rub his nose in it. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you're going to live like a wild animal with the dew on your body for seven years. Good luck with that. But Daniel didn't. He's a better man than I, and that's why he's the example we're going to today. Okay, here's another one. The name change thing. Did you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are Babylonian names, not their Hebrew names? Daniel's the Hebrew name, but he got a new one too, Belteshazzar. The Baker Illustrated Bible Commentary, sounds like a really important book. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. Yes, <laughs> mine too. It says this, Though it is clear that these names are reflections of Babylonian religious symbols, the youths do not object to them. They single out the important issues and do not pick quarrels over anything and everything that is different. Wow. 
All right. <laughs> some of you are like, yes and amen, and some of you are like, dude, stop. <laughs> I'm just telling you what's in there. That's all. It wasn't me. It was the Bible. The Bible did it. Okay, some questions for reflection about standing firm. Are you willing to take a stand? Your fiery furnace moment. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. But where you do have opportunity to take a stand, and it's right to do so, are you ready? How are you going to pick your battles? What are you going to let slide? What are you going to stand up for? I would submit these guys were prayerful and faithful. They're following the Lord's lead and when they pick their battles. Whose honor are you going to stand up for? When you decide to draw a line in the sand, I go no further, is it to be right? You know, is it a political stance? Is it for your God? I'm not saying don't stand up for political things. I'm just saying consider as you choose where to draw your line from the example of Daniel and his buddies. All right, moving on. Moving on. Four friends... Say it with me if you're ready. Our faithful followers, they firmly stand and fervently pray. That's right. So God save us with the interpretation of the dream. Daniel prays three times a day for a lifetime. We see a glimpse into that in chapter 6, verse 10. Right? The trap is set. The decree is issued by the king. It's irrevocable. Anybody who prays to any other god is going to be thrown in the lion's den. And it says this about Daniel. He got down on his knees and prayed just as he had done before. It wasn't a new thing. This is what he's been doing, fervently praying for a lifetime. All right, questions to reflect upon. Do you go to God in trouble? Is that the first place you turn? Do you go to God when you're not in trouble? Do you go to him daily? Do you have a practice of prayer? Good questions. Good questions. All right, moving on. Four friends who are faithful followers firmly stand, fervently pray, and find favor. That's a double F just for you guys. Daniel is a dude who rises to the top again and again. Under Nebuchadnezzar, in the training program, under Nebuchadnezzar, under Belshazzar, under Darius, this guy just rises to the top again and again. He finds favor in every kingdom he serves in. He uses that favor to bring glory to God again and again. There's a lot of pressure when you drink in front of this many people. <laughs> don't choke, don't cough, don't spill it on your shirt. Daniel uses the favor he's given to bring glory to his God. There's so many times when he's like, King, nobody can interpret this dream, and I'm not doing it, but there is a God in heaven who can. And so here you go. He uses favor to bring glory to God. He uses his favor to honor those he works for. Those oppressor kings, the dudes who knocked down the temple. Somehow Daniel is very honoring to those dudes with the favorable position he's been giving. That's fascinating. All right, some questions on favor. Some questions on favor. Are you putting in the work to be favored by God? Another way I'd put it, are you promotable? Don't fall into the misconception that the Lord Jesus with his magic wand waves it and says, you shall be favored, and instantly somebody gets to be the second highest in the kingdom. I'm not thinking of any examples where it works like that. 
In this example, Daniel worked hard for three years to be ten times better than the rest. Was there a spiritual realm level of favored by God on him? Absolutely. But it was paired with the hard work, determination, and go-getterness of Daniel and his friends. God puts people in positions of favor that he can trust to be faithful with it. And that takes work. Are you promotable? All right. If you're granted favor by God, whose honor is it that you're going to bring from that situation? Whose honor are you working for when you put in the work to get there? It's a real common thing in our day and age for people to put in the hard work to get a a little fame, a little fortune, to be recognized, to have some power, to climb the corporate ladder, yada, 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 whatever it is. Be a YouTuber. I don't know. (laughs) That's hard work too. You know, all that video editing and whatever. Okay, but whose honor are you working for? When you put in the work, do you have God in mind? Hey, God, when I get that spot, I'm going to be faithful to serve you in every way. Here, there, along the way, and if it turns into a big deal. And even if it doesn't. All right, moving on. We're running out of time. Four friends who are faithful followers firmly stand fervently pray and find favor in a foreign land. You guys are doing pretty good. I have it in my notes. You saw me look down. I'm cheating. I'll admit to it. In a foreign land, these guys persevered and prospered in a foreign land. We talked about it a lot already. I won't belabor it. The whole exile thing is totally nuts. But can you imagine being a young man, probably a teenager, Jewish nobility, and the plan you have in your head for your life is like, I live in Jerusalem, near the temple. This is where all the action is. The king of Judah, he's my cousin, once removed. I'm going to be a big deal. A Hebrew of Hebrews right here, right? I'm going to be influential. We're living in the promised land, the promise of God, God's people. It's all good. Oh dear, here comes Nebuchadnezzar. Totally not what they had planned. And yet, the faithfulness we've talked about in Daniel what was going on for him to be so faithful for so long and a plan he did not come up with? So that third bullet up there is my speculation. I think he found God's purpose in it. Somehow he processed his situation, which was not good, made his peace with God on the inside and found God's purpose in where he was at and where he would serve. So questions for you. Right here in this time and this place that you're living in, will you persevere? Will you prosper? Will you find purpose? Can you be at peace right in here, no matter what's going on? Some good questions right there. All right, I want to close by reading you a scripture from... 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. You're going to see why I wanted to read it in the first sentence. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, that's, that's why we're reading it. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, 
whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. All right, tune back in. This is a long section of scripture. Tune back in right here. It is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So whether you live in the 6th century B.C., like Daniel, the 1st century A.D., like the readers of the letter from Peter, or the 21st century right here in the U.S. of A., the message is the same persevere, and live a life worthy of the God you serve. We've seen how Daniel did that. Hopefully it's an encouragement for you. Hopefully it gives you some strategies of how you can persevere in the times that you live in today. Maybe you've got some Fs you can think about for how to persevere in your life. All right.